lightning round. I want to ask you about the current state of Silicon by vendor and just get a few of your thoughts on where you see them going over the next year or so. And let's start off with Intel. So Intel, I mean, you know, there's, there's, I go back and forth in my debates of my, my theory with Intel. Um, Same. But, but, but because this conversation that we're having, I, I actually think that Foundry is more important to Intel's future than Intel products. That's just my bias. I think at some point in time, um, Intel Foundry becomes one of the larger monetary comp- parts to Intel, um, but also just dramatic for their strategic success. And I, and I say that for, for a couple of reasons. One, Intel architecture and Intel products are only going into a small number of things connected, right? Computing parts of the, right? They go to PCs, they go to data centers, and they may have some products that go to automotive, but they don't go to smart home. They don't go to TVs. They don't go to watches. They don't go to smartphones. However, if Intel pulls this off from a foundry standpoint, they're in a position to make the chips that go into all of those things. So whether or not Intel designs a product, a chip based on Intel architecture that goes into all of the thousands and millions of things that, that get connected in need chips, if they succeed in Foundry, they're in a position to make those things. So that's a, a really important part of, of Intel's strategic future, in my opinion. And then also Intel's Foundry is making some very bold bets in new, pro, new, new transistor technology, right? When's the last time we've had a huge jump in transistor innovation? Yeah. It's been a long time. And Intel's about to make that with RibbonFET and start to, to, to bring gate all around to their chiplet architecture as well as their foundry architecture at at 18, 20A and 18A. So, so that will be a really interesting proof point of Intel's manufacturing capabilities. And if they pull that off, I really do think that there are some players who may not have considered, who, who might have been big TSMC customers and may not have considered yes. manufacturing at Intel now start to work with Intel Foundry. So good, good for Intel's future, good for the United States. Obviously, a couple of other parts are, are relevant as well. So so not to just, again, discount Intel's product architecture. I think they'll be fine. But I, I tend to think that the future is more on, on Foundry. What about AMD? So AMD, again, kind of comes back to how good they can design, right? They are fundamentally reliant on, on their fab list. So whether that's TSMC or, to my point, perhaps the Intel will become interesting to them at some point in, to- in time to be competitive, um, that would be so wild, right? All of a sudden, like, hey, yes, uh, this one company that you know you fought with for years and have been you know viral enemies against, all of a sudden is manufacturing their chips in your foundries. I mean, massive ir- irony, but but that there's a yeah. scenario where, where that could happen, um, you know. But AMD is still based on the quarter, less than twenty ish, twenty percent of any market that they're in, right? PC sales, data center sales, not huge, right? But they've got a lot of interesting parts of their business that that lend to the quality of their architecture. They've done chiplets sooner. I think they'll keep pushing those envelopes faster. They've obviously got really great quality GPUs and CPUs, both in in desktop and in mobile. So they're they're I'm 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 optimistic on on AMD simply because they're making the right decisions for their architecture and they have a very predictable roadmap over the next few years where they decide to take that architecture. To Foundry, whether that's TSMC or Intel, is 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 a question of who who wins that business based on on quality of product. Um, but I think Intel, I think AMD will continue to make steady gains in data center, 
client gets a little bit more interesting just because again, you've got Qualcomm starting to come into the mix. So there's going to be some a, a three-way cycle in Windows PCs that's interesting. Um, but I've, I've always been bullish on AMD. I think from an architecture standpoint, they're solid. I expect them to continue to get gains. Again, they're not going to they're not going to grow to half the market, right, in any reasonable time. But if they could get 20%, 25%, 27%, just methodical growth that I think is possible, that's yeah. a great track for AMD. So MediaTek, I know they've always been big, especially in more affordable phones. Uh, this year, they made the biggest splash I've seen in terms of just following the general North American tech industry. Where do you see them going? Yeah, so MediaTek, um, you know, again, my my concern with them is they're just fundamentally reliant on what arm does right so they're not they're not really changing much they don't change the architecture they package things together um you know their 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 power management ic their pmic is actually one of the most interesting pieces of technology that they control and develop um they've actually got a really good thin modem also now so anybody who doesn't make their own modems um maybe doesn't want to work with qualcomm actually has a good option so for example all the Intel or AMD-based notebooks that might have a 5G modem in it someday may very well have, have a MediaTek product in that. They're winning good business there. L little known sort of fact about uh, about MediaTek is they're actually the largest market share in TVs. So most people's TVs have a MediaTek product, whether they know it or not. Um, in fact, most people have probably had a MediaTek product because for the longest time, they dominated DVD players. And you'd have never known yeah. it. But you've had your media has run on 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 MediaTek for a long time. Um, but to our point, the challenge is going to be, especially in mobile, how far can they go up the chain in device price or ASP and compete with Qualcomm? Because Qualcomm has kept them out of really any real share of the five hundred dollar plus smartphone market. And I think MediaTek realizes now that they've they've grown about as big as they can in all these areas that we've talked about, right? Smart home, they're in Alexa products. Amazon relies on them for all their smart home products as does Google for some. So they've sort of grown as much as they can in smart home, in TVs. Um, they probably not aren't gonna do much in compute yet. So notebooks and desktops, but in mobile, they need to start moving up the chain and selling into the high end. And that's gonna be their struggle. I'm not sure how much they, how, how successful they'll be with that. That's exactly what they're gonna be to try. Um, but that's going to be their growth, I think, is dependent on their ability to start to compete now in higher end products with the growth parts of their business, which will be mobile and, and, and some of those some of those adjacencies. What about Samsung? Because for a while, Exynos, you know, was sort of top of mind for a lot of people, but you don't hear about it that much anymore. Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's a lot of chatter kind of happening that they might start designing becoming less of a chip designer and provider. Um, I mean, this deal that they cut with Qualcomm was pretty significant. Almost all now of Samsung's products will will be running Qualcomm products. Um, and this includes a lot of variants that will go into Korea, but but again, most of the rest of the world. Um, it, it, it's, it's hard to find areas where um, Samsung's products, so the Samsung chips themselves, are starting to show up and, and have any volume. So... You know, if you run that business, you're, you're kind of like, look, I'm losing business. I'm having less opportunity. It's really expensive. And obviously, Samsung Semi and Samsung chips are two different things. So the foundry is, is and, and Semi is, is different. And I think they're going to put more of their priority on, on foundry is what it's going to come down to. Um, so I do think that the Samsung deal with, with Qualcomm 
might have been the nail in the coffin for Samsung specific processors. Well, we'll have to see what else they do. I mean, they've done some custom work with Pixel. Um, they might obviously do custom work with other people, but again, that's not a big business, right? A custom business that you ship and manufacture, that's not as anywhere near as large as your ability to sell a hundred million chips to somebody else. Um, so I, I think that'll be challenged, but Foundry obviously is still in that game, right? Foundry needs to be competitive with four and three nanometer. Foundry needs to figure out how they're going to get to two nanometer. They need to keep getting customers to their, their process. If, if they can't, pull those things off. And, and, and I am a little bit skeptical, to be honest with you. I do think part of me really wants to, wants to join the side of the debate that says Foundry is a two-horse race between TSMC and Intel. But, but we do need a third, and, and Samsung yeah. is still there. Um, but Foundry is clearly a much more important part of their business than designing chips that they, that they typically have done. Yeah, and you mentioned Samsung working with Google on the Tensor cores. Where do you see Tensor going? So, I, I mean, I think this will continue for obvious reasons. Google wants to double down on custom parts just for the same reason that it worked for Apple. Um, you know, Google Pixel is never going to be the volume of, a, of an iPhone or, or a Samsung Galaxy, but it's a good product and it, and it scratches an itch for a lot of the higher end um, parts of the market for, for, for Google. Um, I think they continue down this path. I think, again, the challenge will be what happens when they're up against uh, really good products coming from Qualcomm, maybe even MediaTek and um, and and Apple. But I actually think that they could find an interesting business if Samsung starts to fail collaborating with MediaTek on custom parts. I think MediaTek could be a really interesting partner to develop that Tensor Core with using their IP, cutting edge foundry. Um, so. That'll be an interesting one to figure out, but I don't think Google's going to abandon it. I just think they're strategically challenged because there are others with more advanced um, chips, and they need to keep pace with that, or they'll run up against a, a performance or or battery life or some capability mm -hmm. deficit at that point. But I don't think they're going to go away with it. It's just a matter of who's going to be their partner. That's my question. Who's going to be their partner in chipsets? If it's not Samsung, maybe MediaTek, but I don't think they abandon that strategy. All right, the, the King Kong and Godzilla. I won't specify which one is which, but Qualcomm. Yeah, so, you know, Qualcomm's really in an interesting spot. Um, you know, obviously, their their business has done very well holistically, right? It's not just mobile that's grown, automotive has grown, IoT has grown. Um, I, I think there's a lot going for them in terms of their current roadmap. But right now, my current thinking is um, their whole future depends on this this return to custom architectures, right? So anybody who's followed Qualcomm knows that back in the day, everything was 100% custom architecture. Then they moved away from that to kind of a hybrid. They customized some things. They used off-the-shelf ARM for others. That's, that's in my opinion, I, I mean, I, I, I disagreed with this opinion, with, with, this, with this when it happened, when Qualcomm made this decision to move away from custom. I even told their executive teams, you're going to run, this is going to hurt you against Apple. I was very specific about that. I think that's, that's played out. Their, their products are good, but constantly fall in some of those benchmarks to, to Apple for some, for some reasons. But they recognize that. They recognize to the same degree that I think MediaTek has a challenge with just standard ARM IP. Standard ARM IP is not going to cut it in this world that demands more performance, more AI, more cloud connectivity, more GPU, you name it. And, and that's why they bought Nuvia, and that's why they're doubling down on a new custom architecture 
that would that will penetrate every one of their products, right? So Qualcomm's future relies very heavily on their return to being a designer, an architecture designer across the board for all of their portfolio. And we have a few years to see how that works, but they're committed to that strategy. And I think if they pull that off, they're going to remain extremely competitive, not just in phones, but compute. They're, they're right now the only game in town. If you want to make AR glasses or VR headset, you go to Qualcomm. Um, you know, they've got wearables. So they've got a lot of good products there. But I think this custom architecture is really where they're going to half nail uh, the execution in order to really compete and, and help, like I said, help others compete with Apple. Speaking of which, we got A16 this year, we got M2 this year. Where do you see that going over the course of the next year or so? Yeah, so I mean, Apple obviously broadly, right? It, it comes into a couple of interesting categories. They're their mobile, um, you know, their share of of computers is growing, right? They're they're growing the Mac line on a, on a year over year basis. So the M series processors are such a huge, huge tailwind for um, for the for the Mac business. And you know, you can look at these two things sort of separately, right? The, the one thing that's interesting about Apple is this architecture scales. It goes small. Yeah. It goes big. They, they've built that from day one. Every previous or every subsequent architecture that comes from this, again, will scale. It'll scale small. It'll scale big. So, so they have a lot of leverage for that to take it into any number of categories that they're in or ones that they, that they want to get into. I think, again, though, this weird mix we have between the, the A15 and the A16 is just shows you the challenge that we're at with TSMC both with uh, how much how much product that they have, how expensive they were, um, and just dealing with some of that supply chain, right? There was a lot of weird stuff that went into supply chain, both from COVID as well as just some technology things. So that that was kind of a weird year. I really don't think Apple wanted to do that. I think they had to do that. Um, I think supply chain gets resolved. I think obviously TSMC is moving to four. They'll be at three. Apple will be their lead partner for three just because they're always the lead partner for TSMC. So I think this pattern continues. Um, but I, I, like I said, I think Apple will probably make more of a deal of this packaging stuff than process as well. I, I get the sense that, you know, you saw it a little bit with some of the, the packaging technologies they showed around fusing cores together for Ultra, for Max and Ultra. I think they're going to talk about that more. I think they're going to use very creative ways to still get as much performance they can and still keep these things relatively low power hungry um, types of products. So I would expect that they're pushing the envelope both in package, but also still embracing cutting edge process and get to a point where, um, you know, again, they have a very systematic and linear roadmap that scales that, 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 that architecture from small to big and essentially takes whatever they're working on, whether that's packaging leading edge um, process and, and and really bring that to all their products. I, I do think that's a goal. It may not hit it all the same timeline. Um, but I, I think again, right. Apple's Apple's the one to be honest with you, like everybody in the Silicon industry that competes with Apple, what keeps them up at night is Apple. So it's kind of this, that's, that's the real strategic, you know, uh, challenge in the room for everybody else, because almost every designer worth their salt recognizes how good of products Apple is putting out on a consistent basis and that's kind of that bar. So I expect them to continue. Again, how far of a lead can they develop by being in these creative processes is, is, is a debate. Um, I do think because all of this, it's slowing down some, so people have some room to shrink that gap. I mean, again, not close it, but, but shrink it. Um, but I mean, in terms of where we know Apple competes today 
and where we believe they may in the future, this philosophy of design is 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 just positions them well for any any category that they want to go to in consumer electronics. I know it should seem totally obvious, and people love to say everything you really need to know you learned in kindergarten, but I like to think in today's day and age, everything you really need to learn, you can start off with Brilliant.org. That's today's sponsor, and they basically make college-level courses available to you, to me, to everybody. It's just the most intuitive and engaging way to learn algorithms, computer science, math, physics, quantum mechanics, game theory, and so much more in a visual, hands-on way, including AI, which from generative art and stylized profile pics to text prompts that can write us almost everything is just the hottest thing right now. And you can get in on the ground floor with introduction to neural networks. No pressure, no grades, just puzzles, almost games that are so incredibly satisfying when everything falls into place and you get it exactly right. And Brilliant has thousands of lessons just like that with new exclusive content being added every month. Because here's the secret, here's the thing. Everyone starts somewhere and you can get started right now, today, for free. Just visit brilliant.org slash Richie or click on the link in the description. And the first 200 of you will get 20% off Brilliant's annual premium subscription. So just click the button on the screen or go to brilliant.org slash Richie. Thank you so much for your support. 